now tuned into the greatest. Ah. Okay, I can't hear the intro on my side, but that's all good. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, it's all good. It's a banger, though. It is a banger, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Breaking Bread podcast because two chefs, we're breaking bread. We're making an experience all together. Yo, this is, I was telling Brandon, this is some meta shit right now. Um, can you, okay, real quick, I, I'm super excited. Can you, can you even think of any other creator doing this right now? We live okay. on TikTok. Look, listen, there ain't no, there, there ain't no, this is the duel. So we going live on YouTube and on TikTok. So y'all get the value too. No, so uh, I was saying, I think we should just get right into it. The, um, what is all about the, this eggs thing? Let's, let's talk about eggs real quick. Okay. Um, I think when, when somebody was staging in my restaurant, I would often give them three sets of eggs. Give me a hard boiled, a soft boiled, and then give me an omelet. Oh, just a, just a, a small little thing. Get that all done in about 20 minutes. I'll come back to you and we'll see how your dish comes out. Um, how do you feel about that? Because I think there's a lot to be done on eggs by itself, but you had a video about two days ago. We'll get right into that in a little bit. But like, yeah. how, how does that, how do you feel about that? Having somebody so, so Listen, man, I'm going to jump right in. So what happened was, uh, you know, I posted a video of an omelet, of a French style omelet, right? And I clearly say, this is the way I like to make a French style omelet. But then I had some people in the comment section um, you know, that would just completely went off, right? Like went off the deep end and it's fine. Like usually I don't respond to hate and, um, you know, all those, some points were valid. I wanted to clarify for the new and upcoming chefs, man, because dude, I dealt with this so much growing up as a chef and basically just to give people context, what happened was I posted a video of a French style omelet. Okay. That is not technically a classic French style omelet. Um, it's something that I've modified over the years to be able to train for efficiency in a restaurant purpose, right? Now, needless to say, it's still considered a French omelet, just not to the die hard, okay? And uh, I had a lot of comments, and usually I don't respond to negative comments or critiques that are not uh, validated by somebody with credentials or one of my mutuals. It's just the way I, I go about it because um, there's a lot of bots out there. Uh, to, to make a long story short, listen, the, the French omelet, right? So anyway, I respond, I, res I respond for the young cooks and young culinarians to give them my point of view, because a lot of people were confused. They were like, well, what's, what, what's going on here? And then the thing mm -hmm. is, is they're taking what Jacques Pepin is, is doing and how he's making an omelet. And I totally get it. I totally understand. But dude, we're talking about the seventies, the eighties, my guy. Hey, what's up, Shanae? Hey. And, um, and like, you know, and the thing is, is like, yo, like you have to take in consideration things have changed and the American people, 90% of them do not like runny eggs. Like I made. So anyway, I, I asked a lot of people in the comments, Hey, do or stitch, show me your omelet before you even, before I even respond, it's not worth my time. It's so subjective. It's ridiculous. Right. And, uh, nobody responded, nobody. And I'm like, you know, fuck it. I'm going to respond to my own shit. Right. And then I posted that video of making the perfect French omelet. And, um, you know, and it's funny because, yeah, it's controversial. A lot of people, people argue that it's raw. It's not correct. It's not this, it's not that. And um, my point in the matter is, is, you know, as a chef, once you learn the technique and you are actually running a restaurant, here's the thing. At Cafe Balloon, I learned how to do an omelet that way. And the chef was like, hey, listen, we're not going to waste time with that. We don't have enough time. When you're making six omelets, you scramble real quick. And then we use a bigger pan so there's more surface area. Then you try fold it. Bro, call it a fucking day. Put that shit in the window. 
That's it. Like you know this. what I'm saying? So it's more of like a it's more of like a rectangle, right? And um, and so and and I agree a hundred percent. So that's exactly the way I did it in that video. It wasn't um one hundred percent classic, but it was still a French omelet. Like I don't care what you say, it's still a French omelet. So anyway, and it's and it's good because you know what? There there was the, the only thing I will say is is it kind of the video kind of makes me look like a dick because like I said uh, no. before, the. People that were trolling, bro, they had a common thread of hundreds of comments and they went back and deleted them all after they started feeling the heat. So when you go look at the video now, the original video, it looks like I'm just, you know, people are just being normal. Like, yeah, and that's okay. But I think the takeaway here is for the young cook, the young chef is, you know, people want their eggs differently, right? Everybody wants their eggs different. Some like them soft, some like them this way, some some like them, you know, hard boiled, whatever it is, it's up to you. It's up to the personal preference. But I will say one thing, as a chef and training chefs, especially breakfast cooks, because Casey, I'm sure you know that, you know, breakfast cooks aren't your top tier uh, cook. You know what I'm saying? It's, listen, it's a prep cook. It's, you know, a lower tier chef. So when I train somebody on an omelet, I'm telling you right now, I'm doing the trifold and I'm showing them a consistent way to do it. Right. Yeah. And I'm not tripping if they don't scramble the eggs all the way. I'm not tripping if the out, you know, if it's a little bit drier than a soft center. No, what mm. I agree with is yeah, undercook the eggs a touch, but they have to be perfect. So when the guest gets them, they don't see that the plate's wet. And yes. what is really good is that follow a video with me taking the temperature and you'll notice, and it's like, you know, it just like I'm trying to take myself, in my opinion, out of it and just putting laying down facts. And that's mm-hmm. what we're missing nowadays. That's why I think the goal with this podcast is like, yo, we need to create an area where young cooks and chefs feel safe, man. And like that can ask questions and can de- debate about things. I've worked for so many chefs that have me make a French omelet. And listen, man, every chef has something to fucking say. Excuse my language, but fuck it, we going in. Yeah, no, and every chef has something to say. And, um, you know, it's what am I what am I supposed to say, bro? Like, yes, no, I say yes, chef, and I move on. But what I did, what I did do is take my experiences, what I've learned over time and managing restaurants is that exactly. So the the viral video, I will not, I refuse to make omelets like that anymore for anybody. I usually ask, hey, do you like a soft omelet? Do you like a classic French omelet? But here's the thing, that omelet that I made, like if I was cooking it for Wolfgang Puck, like when he asked me to make an omelet for him, I made it that way. And yeah. he was like, this is perfect. And yeah. he, you know, he's like, it's perfect. It has points. It's soft in the center. He's like, this is perfect. But I'm not going to cook it that way for the guests because guess what? They're going to send that shit back. <laughs> uh, like nine times out of 10, almost every time. Like you, even when I tell my cooks when we're doing breakfast, cook the fucking egg all the way. Like I, I don't want to see shit. Yeah. You know, they're going to like, you know, they're going to return it, especially if it's an omelet, bro. Don't make it runny. Literally just send it out. Make sure it's all the way done. And if you're getting like, cause obviously for people not in the business when we're breakfast service bro it's like it's like war zone 202 fucking like 300 people in one one seating boom you yeah. have no fucking time um let's go fucking fill it up um i would even tell the i would even tell my cooks leave the omelet on the window for like i don't know 10 15 seconds yeah exactly a little early um there's a thing as um there's this thing we call um um actually resting and just letting it push out that way because it's you, you will not have time if you're always pushing it out little tips uh, again we can we can diverse into yeah that stuff. however hey, you- here real quick 
in the in, in blue did you guys use steel pans or teflons no we use teflon bro come on nobody fucking uses oh. carbon steel bro come on i don't know i don't yeah, know you, you know what listen it's so funny you say that because uh wolfgang puck wanted to use cast iron and it's like listen chef yeah. when you're when you have one cook making 10 to fucking 15 breakfast items i'm sorry i order six new teflon pans every six months and that's it and i order the same one the specific volrath the Volrath, Vol yeah. Vol you know what I'm talking about. And yeah, every six months, brand new, no problem. And you just discard them. Um, and here's the thing, you can use whatever you want in the comfort of your home. I've made omelets out of cast and cast iron in carbon steel. I've made them in, in everything, even stainless steel, but you have to end up using more fat to compensate, correct? Yeah. And what, what do people not like? They want you to make an egg white omelet <laughs> with no fat, right? Like, yeah, of course. Yeah. So it is what it is, bro. But hey, listen, I want to show some love on these comments real quick. So, yeah. on, uh, hey, let's, uh, Landon, if uh, Landon, I see you. If food stays close to safe but lower internal temp long enough, it's safe to consume. Correct. Hey, great point. Right. Listen, uh, this is a great point. I learned this um, while cooking sous vide. So if you hold a good example, and I stand behind this, if you have a roast beef or prime rib, if you hold it at 106 degrees, for a certain amount of time, it becomes safe to eat. I don't know what that time is, but it's just an example. Same thing with, uh, you know, with uh, burger meat, with steaks, with with poultry, with anything. Good example: if you cook a chicken breast at 145 degrees and you hold that 145 degrees for a certain amount of time, it becomes safe after a certain extent. So that's a good mm -hmm. question. Let's see. Um, more likes can attract views. Keep it up. <laughs> Many people see runny omelet as a health concern. Yeah, and listen. I'm with you. And what people need to take in consideration is, oh, Philip Lemoyne in the house. Dude, yo, my, let's go, my guy. Yeah, I love, yo, that's my idol right there, man. My filming, my videographer idol. I love him. And, uh, yo, and, and so here's the thing. It's like uh, undercooked uh, eggs are treated differently in the States. So when I went to Europe and I went to London uh, and Paris, the eggs were on the shelf, my guy. And listen, I was cool with it. My wife was like, fuck no. <laughs> my wife was i was like let's get some eggs babe she's like they're not in the fridge and i'm like what do you mean it's fine that's how europe is and i knew that from being a chef she's like no no chance but guess what the process that we go through in the united states we pasteurize them then they need to be refrigerated and um like the thing is is i've eaten undercooked egg all the time but the 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 note to self here is this is the reason why um, you know, when you go to a restaurant or breakfast restaurant or a steakhouse, they ask you how you want your eggs cooked over easy omelet soft. They ask you, how would you like your eggs cooked? And then if you'll notice, there's a disclaimer on the bottom of the menu that all of the chefs have to put where consuming raw, undercooked poultry, meat, shellfish, or eggs can increase the risk of foodborne illness. So that's very important. I used to hate putting that on my menu, but it's very important. It's a disclosure. Same thing. If you go to a steakhouse, they're going to ask you how you want your steak cooked, medium, mid-rare, et cetera. So great point. Uh, let's see. The omelet reminded me of a Japanese style on the omurice egg. Yeah. Hey, you know what? Actually, I want to, I want to make that. I've never made that. I ordered the, the molds from, uh, I ordered the molds from Amazon. So I want to check it out. But yeah, the omurice no, omelet is the same. Shit. Yeah, it's the same thing. It's a French omelet over rice. Literally the same shit. Yeah. Uh, are you also live on YouTube? Yes, sir. Yes, we are live. Yes. So Philip, Philip yeah. had a question, and he was mentioning yeah. it's like pasturing the meat. Correct, almost yeah. like pasturing the meat. 
and holding it at 140. So the most common, yeah. the most common pra- practice in restaurants, once you sort of thing called a serve save manager, right? Version, most of us get it and we, we re-up it every three or four years. The most common temperature to hold food at is anything above 145, right? Yeah, as long 130, as yeah, 135, 135. 135. Yeah. For me, it's, if, if it hits for 15 seconds at 145, bro, you're going. Oh you're yeah, 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 I see what you mean. Yeah. I thought you were talking about hot holding. Hot holding, anything about 135, yes. Yeah. But um, eggs, bro, I eat that shit raw. So yeah, I don't, straight up. There's no, there's, there's no issue to that whatsoever. Honestly, honestly, the 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 chances of getting sick through a uh, an egg from the grocery store nowadays is very slim, dude. Like the, so the slim. yeah, it's, it's slim. so slim. The fact that they're that they're they're pasteurized and all eggs are pasteurized in the U.S. And also the the way they clean the shell on the outside, dude, it's so rigorous that you can eat a raw egg from the grocery store. I have no problem with it, but you know, it's still a risk, you know, it's still a risk, but anyway, we can get out of the omelet sand. Any other questions on that? Any last <laughs> eggs time here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bro, eggs. But anyway, hey, go ahead. No, no. I was just going to say, um, so in the restaurant, we serve Caesar, like the Caesar dressing a lot, like, like aluminute on table side, and that requires raw egg yolk. If you're freaked out about that, bro, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a whole different um, thing for you. But it's completely fine, completely safe. Uh, obviously, you're adding lemon juice and all that, the, the anchovies and shit. But like that's how they serve it, pretty yeah. much, uh, to you. So for people that's um, not, I don't know, it's not really an acquired taste. I guess you think it's. Um, you think it's more the texture that people are uh, bothered about? So I think it's a lot. I think it's a combination of a lot of things. I think it's a combination of culture. I think it's a com- combination of getting foodborne illness. I think it's a combination of how you were raised. There's a lot of there's a lot of different factors. And honestly, I can't tell you enough. You know, when I was a young chef, um, you know, I was very adamant of like how things should be cooked and blah blah blah. And oh my god, you want your steak well done and you want your eggs hard boiled. Bro, at, when you become a chef and you cook for hundreds, if not thousands of people, and you, you know, our job is to nurture and take care of people. And at the end of the day, we have no say in how people want their food cooked. You know what I'm saying? And, um, you know, it just goes to show you like, you know, for me, I take my ego out of it and I don't care how you want it. I could care less. And yes, I think it is more of the mindset. Yeah, it's true. I just posted a video on my TikTok. I'm, I'm, I'm extremely conceited. I want to see how it does, but it's about pork. I eat my pork loin, oh, pork chops. Oh yeah, I eat my pork loin, pork chops, pork tenderloin. I eat all that shit, mid-rare, medium, no problem. Mid-rare. Yeah. And, and listen, and listen. Me and you know, as chef, we, me and you know, as chefs, uh, you know. It's it's fine. Like I, especially if I'm using corabudo, if I'm using commercial pork or corabudo, border, uh, sorry, mm-hmm. corabuda and corabuda. and or Berkshire or high quality pork, I have no problem, man. Like you know, but like here's the thing. My wife, on the other hand, bro, I got a funny story. Story time. When my my wife and I first met and I cooked for, her, I made uh, a pork tenderloin with smoked smoked guacamole and something else, right? Mm-hmm. And it was sous vide, sous vide then seared. And let me tell you something. She saw that pink pork. Mm. She said, nah. <laughs> she, she looked at me dead in the eyes and she's like, I know That's you're a chef. Awesome. And she's like, and at that time I was working at a fine dining restaurant too, at a five-star restaurant. And mm. uh, she's like, I know you're a chef, but 
would you mind if I put this back in the saute pan? Are you going to be mad? And I'm like, no, I was pissed. But I was like, no, absolutely not. You know, like anything, anything like, yeah, like whatever you want. Like, and then I'm thinking in my head, like, it's perfect. Like it is perfectly cooked. There's no question. It is scientifically perfectly cooked. Cooking sous vide, you're within, you're with it. Yeah. Uh, pink pork is a normal thing in Latin America. Yeah. Wait until you see my TikTok comment section because yes, I totally agree, man. I eat pink pork, dude. And, but here's the thing, my wife, on the other hand, team dry, team dry pork. Well done. Right. Uh, Same thing. Chicken team dry. Well done. Same. I, yeah, I got a, um, and, and, and that's totally like, listen, and I gotta be honest, 90% being a chef in the restaurant, 90% of people want their pork. Well done. That's it. And there's no if, ands or buts for me. I like pork medium mid rare. Yep. Real quick, so this is yeah. this is a, <laughs> immersion circulator saving my food from being overcooked since 2017. Yeah, well, that's okay. yo, facts. Flex, flex my guy. <laughs> yeah, facts, dude. And, and 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 you know what, man? And I'm really adamant about like, for me as a chef, I don't care. And I'm sure you same thing, chefs. I'll tell you, you don't care how how you want your like. I no judgment. If you want it well done, fine. If you want it raw, carpaccio, fine. I don't care. Either or is fine with me. It really depends on you. You know, now if you want a chef recommendation, I'm going to give you my recommendation to yield the best uh, product. But at the same time, I have no say in how you want your pork cooked. I have no say in how you want your eggs cooked. My job is to make sure they're cooked perfectly to your liking. Yes. Right. Yeah. So, hey, I'm going to I'm going to stop the pod real quick Uh, for everybody that's listening on the TikTok. If you guys want your comments and your questions to pop up even faster, go on to Brandon's YouTube channel right now. I can see your comments live as it's popping up. We'll bring it right into the screen. We'll talk about it. We'll discuss about it. Uh, <laughs> for you yeah. listening over there. yeah. What can you do to prevent dry, well-done meat? You can get a sous vide machine. Get a sous vide machine. Seriously, the best thing you'll ever do. Exactly. Chicken carpaccio. Hey, in Japan, they eat chicken, chicken sushi. Hey, listen, everybody on my TikTok right now, if you want to comment uh, and, and us pull it up on the podcast, Go to my YouTube right now, and we are live on this podcast. That way you can comment and we can interact. We can yeah. Right off the bat, we'll get it right to you. Um, we're talking right now. Uh, hey, okay. Listen, and Landon. Listen, yeah. Hey, listen, I want to talk I want about to talk about this next subject. So let's talk about mindless work in a restaurant. Oh, let's, I knew you were going to get to this. <laughs> bro, you know, God damn it. I'm getting chills just talking about this shit, man. Oh, listen, my. if you, if you, hold up. If you are a young cook or a young professional in any profession, please, for the love of God, don't do mindless work. Now, let me give you an example. I'm here for KC. What's up? Uh, and so, like, let me give you an example. I have, uh, you know, I came back to work and I saw a couple things that just, you know, where people don't care. They just don't take the extra few seconds to make sure that something is put away properly or that something is taken care of. Now, my only suggestion, if you're new in your job, don't, don't create more work for somebody else. Whenever you work somewhere or work on a station or in an area, you want to leave it better than you found it. Okay. So here's a good example. If you go to wash your hands in the sink at your workplace, let's talk about putting them avocados in the holder. That's what I'm, that's what I'm referring to, Philip. Hey, Dude, that shit put me over the edge, man. And listen, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little OCD, but it's made me very successful, especially at a mission star level. I very, I really like organization. I, I really 
I really am adamant about making sure that everybody respects everybody else's space and work environment. And um, basically, so everybody in the podcast knows, I came back to work and I see a sheet pan on a rack and it's, it was jammed in and five avocados were sliced down the side. And once you open up an avocado, that's it. So basically somebody was just being lazy and didn't want to, you know, put another space or put on another rack or, or, you know, take care of it. And I, it was already a fight to get the avocado carton under there on the speed rack. So that way they stay organized. But I'll tell you what, man, I hate mindless work and I hate having to pick up somebody else's BS, right? So if any work environment that you're in, make sure that you do the right thing. If you go to wash your hands in a sink, don't leave water everywhere. Don't leave soap everywhere. Put the trash away properly, right? Wipe the sink so it looks like you never were even there. If you're using a workstation, right, make sure you're clean and organized, okay? And and listen, yeah, KJC first, yeah. I tell my cooks all, that all the damn time, always keep a high standard. Yes, 100%. You do not need an invitation from me to work clean and organized, okay? Facts, facts. <laughs> And listen, another yeah. thing is, is, is your, your mama don't work here, <laughs> right? Dude, like here's, here's another good example. Like if you're going, if you have a uniform at work that has, that involves clothes hangers and, you know, you go to grab an apron and your jacket and you leave your clothes hanger there for somebody else to put on the, you know, in the bin, in the clothes hanger bin or the plastic that your chef jacket comes on or apron comes on, you're, you're an asshole. Okay. Yeah. Clean up your own shit. No, no, no. In the How right about, time too. Hey, look at this one. How about leaving hot stocks out for others to cool and store? Riles yeah. the fuck up. Oh my god. Hey, hey, you know what? Who just commented that? Let's see here. Uh, who? Abavar. Yeah, Abavar. Hey, great point. Listen, my golden rule for that is so. Whoever is responsible for you need to task one person for that. If it's the AM prep cook, then guess what? They put that shit on right when they come in. Chicken stock goes on and it and it's in ice before you leave. Absolutely. And honestly, and honestly, it, it's the way to go. They need to own that from start to finish. Because when you pass it off on two and three people, it just gets out of control. So what I would always do is have the AM chef or the PM uh, chef, whatever it was, they would manage the prep cook on, on that task. As soon as they come in, chicken stock goes on. Chicken stock is average six hours. And, you know, usually some of the cooks that were really good or the prep cooks that were really good will get it iced down, labeled in the fridge before their shift was over. That was the goal. But sometimes it just doesn't really work out like that. The goal is to have it in the ice before you leave. And that way, labeled and everything, that way we get it in the fridge. But don't leave your shit for somebody else. And if you do, make sure there's clear communication. Straight up. How about, how about not labeling shit? Oh, that, that pisses me to no fucking end. Like I so, come back like the next, oh, I'll give you an example real quick. Uh, so Wednesday we did, I think we did like seven trays of soba noodles and somebody fucking forgot to label it. And I'm like, there's only three of us here. Literally who the fuck forgot to do this? Yeah. And you know, we're tasting it all. I'm like, Throw that out, throw that out. I don't want that shit. Like, come on, like it's it's noodles. I don't understand what the the hard process is, but oh my god, I another labeling thing. I can't stand label. Oh man, not no. label. Hey, like, uh, for some somebody asking for a link, listen, go to my bio and click on the Instagram label. It'll take you to my YouTube page. We're live right now. Hop in. Um, 
Dude, that shit makes me so mad too. And you know what? You know what's funny is like, okay, so where like if I am a like if I'm working by myself, let's say if I'm working by myself, then yeah, I won't label anything, right? But if mm. there's other people involved, you have to you have to label it. And 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 I have a specific rule on how I label, but that's just me. I have a tape dispenser. I don't like I don't like rip tape. And I always look date, name, item, and your initials, right? In a restaurant. And the thing is, is like the date goes on the on the left corner, your initials go on the right corner, the labels in the middle, and everybody labels the same way. <clears throat> and here's the thing. I always tell people it's never going to go away. The health department is never going to come in and say, hey, you guys don't have to label anymore. It's never going to yeah. go away. And this is I drive this home. There's a few things that you have to do. And uh, yeah. Hold on. We got another one of you. This one's pretty this one's pretty aggressive. Uh, I had to um, kind of experience this firsthand on one of my other restaurants. But Miranda, check this out. I got to ask this for a subject. How do you as a line cook address this to your sous chef? will willfully neglect the cleaning after themselves meaning i'm assuming this is after you're prepping and stuff landing i think i think you just got to be honest with your sue be like bro you're not cleaning after yourself bro like uh, yeah this is this is not the standard like uh i don't want to have to go over you and say to the exec but like i'm holding you accountable to your actions um you need to clean up uh, i think that's that's how you're gonna have to go about that landon personally. Yeah. So, so Landon, actually, here's my, here's my advice is kind of, kind of um, just to go, just to piggyback off what a uh, chef salty said. So this is a very tricky situation and it's a very gray area ish. And the reason why is because you're a subordinate. So he's your boss. So my number one suggestion is get him when he's in a good mood, he or she is in a good mood. And listen, I've had this problem a lot. Some people are just messy. Some people are just fucking messy. And I've had leaders that are just messy. And literally my suggestion for you, and I know this is going to be hard, but you're going to have to take a photo of what exactly you're talking about because you need facts. Okay. So you're going to have to take a photo at some point. Say, Hey, listen, you know, just boom, just take a picture. And it has to be close to when it happened or at least two to three times. And then from there, what you're going to want to do is leave everybody else out, out of it. Okay. You're going to go to your supervisor that the one, the messy one, but listen, you got to make sure your side of the street is clean. So you can't tell him to be clean. If your shit is fucked up, excuse my language, Mm -hmm. but trust me, I've had this problem a lot and it happens now. Actually, a lot of people are like, Hey chef, you're so clean and organized. How come the other chefs don't work like you? And I'm like, you know what? They're grownups. I'm sorry, but I'm not going to, you know, I'm not here. I can't hold them accountable, but Mm -hmm. what you can do is say, Hey, listen, when, uh, you know, have a talk in the walk in the dry stores and say, hey, chef, listen, I, you know, I want I want to just shoot you straight here. Here it is. This is, you know, I, I really don't like I really don't appreciate having to clean up after you on your station every single time. And like, I understand you're a chef and I know you're my boss, but this mm. is low hanging fruit that I think we can come to a mutual agreement on. Ooh, that kind of hurts my feelings when you said that to me. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I gotta get my shit together. That's how I felt. Yeah, and and, and oh. listen, listen. The truth hurts, but like, it's better than you building that resentment over time and then just fucking blowing up, right? He says one wrong word to you, boom. Yeah. And let let me. Anyone got a link for the YouTube? So look, uh, let me let me give you one word of advice, and and this is this is my um true. This ha- This is a true story. I was working at Alinea. This was 2012. Yeah. Hey, right. Hey, weekly venting sessions. I was working at Alinea's 2012. Okay. And I mean, it, this is, this restaurant was fucking hard, bro. 
and I'm, I'm cooking and the chef is screaming at me, right? But like, I work well under pressure. And just to make a long story short, uh, I was picking up a birthday dessert. I was on the pastry station and he's like, where the fuck is the birthday dessert? Where's the birthday? I need it now, I need it now. And he's like, you know, boom. And I'm like, I'm like, yes, chef, yes, chef. Anyway, I reach, I reach in the drawer, I go to Quinell, and the chef comes over and fucking kicks the, kicks the drawer, kicks the drawer. Oh, wow. I move my hand by like a split second. And then I make eye contact with him. I make eye contact with him. And this was, you know, three seconds before I was about to rip his fucking head off. And then I'm like, no, you know what? It's not, it's fine. Like, it's not worth it. Yeah. I'm like, hey, I'm like, okay. And so then listen, I waited until after service mm-hmm. and I waited until after service. And I said, hey, chef, do you mind if I just have a conversation with you real quick before we leave? And he said, yeah, absolutely. So we walk out to the dining room and I said, chef, listen, I am all about the push and I'm all about, you know, getting it done. And I don't care if you scream at me or yell at me, I'm going to get you the results you need. I promise you can look at me dead in the eyes. I'm a man. And you know, this is, you know, I have no problem, but tonight you crossed the line. You almost took my finger off when you decided to kick that drawer. And he's like, well, you shouldn't have kept it fucking open. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. Like, I'm like, listen, it's cool. I'm just letting you know my stance man to man. You cross the line. You can take this chef jacket off. We can take these chef jackets off. And I'm telling you, man to man, you cross the line. That's it. I'm not saying anything else. It was just unprofessional. And then my man literally got fucking angry. And the next day I came wow. into work. I he, he he next day I came into work. Yeah, because he was on his high horse. Next day I came into work and I'm like, fuck it. Like if I get fired, it's fine. But you know, in all honesty, like working in a union environment, working at Cafe Balloon, working in uh, you know, as a sous chef, I knew how to deal with situations like this because I went back to being a cook. And then um, next day I came into work and he pulled me aside. He's like, hey, Brent, hey, I want to talk to you. He called me Vegas at that time because I came from Las Vegas. Oh, and he's man. like, he, he's like, hey, he's like, you know what? You were 100% right. What I did was wrong last night. And he's like, let's start on a new leaf. My apologies. It'll never happen again. And, you know, yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. I overreacted. And I'm like, okay, chef, cool. Like, boom. And we moved on. We moved on. And like, but I'll tell you what, man, I'll tell you what, it took me every ounce yeah. To build up the courage to ask him, right? But listen, at the end of the day, bro, I don't give a fuck who you are. Like, there is a point as chefs and Casey, you know, we'll do anything to get the food out. And I've crossed the line many a times. Absolutely. Uh, there's a YouTube video out there that I had to put on private because I'm so embarrassed. I'm screaming at a food runner, bro. Fucking screaming at him. Wow. And, well, and it, I mean, no, was this, <laughs> this is bad. This is bad. I'll send it to you on the low. I'll send it to you on the low. Oh, but this, my God. This, this was bad. And, um, Oh my goodness. I, I, yeah. And I don't treat people like that anymore. I think, um, you know, I think what's really important is you want people to want to work for you opposed to anything else. So I want you to want, I want you to want to work for me. I want you to do work hard for me. So, um, yeah, but anyway, that's how you should deal with that situation. Wow. Hey, Let's Brandon, see. check this out. So real quick, um, from Philip real quick. Um, so it's a two part thing, right? Yeah. Philip goes, I'm not a chef. I hate when my girl puts some sort of broth or sauce in a container in the freezer and I'm like, what is this? And then he's like, I don't know. He goes, um, maybe this is his wife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I got a great, I got a great answer to this. So yeah, a <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, if you're already, we're live on Brandon's. Yo, if you're not over in this comment section on YouTube, look, go click my link in the bio, come hop in this. This is great. This is amazing. So listen, I listen, you're hundred percent right. Listen, Philip, I gotta be honest. 
this is a tough area. This is another gray area. I'm going to tell you exactly how I delete, deal with it. My wife will tell me straight up, like I'm, when the fridge is unorganized, she like she's like, listen, you're not in the kitchen, bro. Like straight up. And I'm like, but I label stuff. I have a label. I label stuff at the house. I keep it organized. And basically you have to find a middle ground. And the thing is, is your wife is not going to label anything. She ain't going to do that shit, bro. <laughs> she ain't going to do it. So the best way to do to not create issues at the house is just do your best <laughs> to keep the peace. That's all I can say. That's my recommendation. Because the moment I start pushing back on my wifey, man, I feel I regret it later. You know what I'm saying? Because, mm -hmm. you know, when you have kids and you have like, you know, there's other shit to worry about. And like she told me, she told me once, she's like, don't treat me like your employees. And I literally looked at her. I said, well, don't act like one. And let me tell you something. It didn't go over well, bro. Okay. Didn't go over well, bro. Is she my fiance in Chinese? I don't throw shit away. Yeah, I know. So what you have to do is you have to like really isolate areas in the fridge and say, hey, listen, this is my section. Don't really, you know, you can have whatever you want, but th this is just my shit, right? Like I got, dude, I brought home two whole wild boars. Okay. Wow. Over the last cup, over the last month. And dude, getting this stuff. Yeah. Getting this stuff organized. Yeah. We have a tape and Sharpie hanging in the fridge. I don't even need the date. Just let me know what it is. Yeah, exactly. I know. Trust me, man. I know, but keep the peace, dude. So, you know, what my wife did, she wrote straight on the container, right onto the freaking Tupperware with the Sharpie. Oh man. No, no. <laughs> Well, yeah. I get. I mean, she tried. She tried. Yeah, give her credit. Yeah, she wrote right on there, and I got. A, I got. A blue, I got blue tape and everything at the house, man. But yeah, you have to keep the peace. And this is what a lot. Look, you know what? But let's talk about that, Chef Salty. Let's get up in there. So the big difference between, uh, you know, professionally trained chefs and home cooks is a big. It's it's a big difference. You know what I'm saying? So the way I cook at home and the way I cook at work is way different. You know what I'm saying? And you can agree, Chef Salty, like. And I think that's a good thing to take in consideration. That doesn't make me better than the home cook. Okay. And I think a lot of people get that misconstrued. They think just because I'm a chef, I'm saying I'm better than Joshua Wiseman or a home cook or no, that is not. Listen, there is a girl on TikTok. Her name is Violet. Uh, she just passed a mill and I love mm -hmm. her content. And I think she's a great cook and dude, she's doing great. She's amazing. Is she a professionally trained chef? No. Do I think I'm better than her? No. Do I think I'm better than any home cook? No, not at all. The only difference is, is as chefs, we know how to run kitchens. We know how to be efficient in kitchens. The difference between a home cook and a chef is I can take a case of peaches and I can process them from start to finish efficiently, whereas the home cook would feel overwhelmed. Do you know what I'm saying? I think another um, another a good way to put this is, uh, you know, I can organize a part a dinner party for 30 people to 250 people start to finish where i think the home awesome. cook yeah. wouldn't be able to articulate that right and delegate and get 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 the job done so that that's a good thing to talk about the difference between home cook and chefs now on tiktok um yeah consistency and organization are the main differences yeah and i think on TikTok, what's uh, really important to note is there you know there's not a lot of chefs really out there uh creating as much content as i am because they're drowned in the restaurant. You know what I'm saying? They're really literally running a restaurants, man. And, and it's very difficult mm -hmm. to, you know, pick up your phone and try to create content. But like, for me, I just, you know, it's really important to me. It's really important to get my message out there. Um, and, uh, you know, the biggest thing is, is I know sometimes I come off as arrogant or conceited, but it's not true. I just keep it real. I have to give the people the real version of me or else I'm just mm -hmm. not being authentic. 
It's yes. the bottom line. Absolutely. You know, Philip, hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. Almost yeah. every time. How do you train for cooking for large amounts of people? I'm starting to cook for a lot of people and it's hard. So that's a good question. And listen, this is very difficult for somebody that's never handled a dinner party. And it's the, the only way you can train is to go work for a catering operation or a banquet uh, space. And listen, tell them you will work for free. Start in prep. Start, uh, you know, do job. Like, this is the only way. My, listen, the I've trained a lot of people on banquet operations. And I'm not talking about banquets like five people here, five people. No, I'm talking about a complete mm. banquet operation with only one prep cook, bro. And, um, you know, the best way to do it is jump in and really take the bull by the horns because you can't be scared to fail. And I think the biggest thing that is taking consideration is the best part about a banquet or knowing what you're going to cook is you can food cost it and prep it out with no problem. It's really easy to organize. It's the opposite for a restaurant menu. You have to set a par, you know, like if I have an a la carte menu, you're like, okay, if we, yeah, par cooking is your friend. Yes. Yes. Par cooking is your friend. Yes. Yes. 100%. Now, depending on, Hey, yeah. Hey, that we got five zero over there, babe. <laughs> Yo, babe, can you take Katie and yeah. I? I just don't need a background noise right now, please. Just a little bit. Oh, the the. So just in case uh, everybody know, Landon, the the cops are coming for for Brandon right now. Yeah. Right. Yo, hear <laughs> that? Yeah, the little cop cop car. <laughs> this is raw, unedited, man. That's how we do. That's how we go. But uh, no, yeah. So listen, um, let's see, any, any, what was that question? Oh, so Landon, the only way to do it is to gain the experience. Um, and and the, the, big, the biggest thing is, is like, don't be scared. Like, listen, when you have a banquet menu and a banquet operation, you know exactly what time it is, you know how many people, and you, the only thing you have to question is the proteins, right? So like a good example is on, a, on, a, on any given banquet menu, you're going to have a chicken, beef, and vegetarian option. Let's keep it real, and a fish option, right? So yeah. if you, this is my, this is my, uh, golden rule for 40 people, for 40 people, you're going to need one chef and one cook every 40 people. That's a good golden rule for, for a high end event, right? Plated, uh, for a hot box situation, you can get away with one chef, um, or like, sorry, buffet style, I should say. Mm. Um, another good rule of thumb is if you have, let's say the banquet is for 50 people, uh, for chicken, beef, salmon, it's very difficult. It's very difficult to, you know, keep your eye on the prize and, and try to guess how much. So what I do the first couple of times is I literally cook over 50% of each protein. And I know it sounds overboard until you get to know your clientele. So let me give you a good example of that is uh, in, in Los Angeles, very fish heavy, not beef heavy, fish and chicken heavy, right? So it ended up being 40% salmon, 40% chicken. And then, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like, what was, I think that's uh, then 20% beef. Right. And that, that, that was just a good rule of thumb for me because it's very difficult when you get to order to cook off 20 pieces of, you know, 50 pieces of protein. Right. So yeah. it's worth it just to par cook a, a lot of protein. So that way you have enough. And then listen, you can utilize the other proteins in some other form uh, or outlet. Mm -hmm. Unless you're doing a wedding and you're able to get the order pre-order in advance, then you just cook off a couple extra proteins of, mm. you know, because it's better to have a hundred than not have any when you need it. Right. So, yeah. So part cooking for everybody that's kind of listening, part cooking, meaning you're pre-searing the meats, giving like a minute or two, getting it a slight head start 
for uh, for service when you need it. However, depending on volume, so uh, Brandon, my on when I used to do not catering, but at the at the country club that I worked for, we would have like 200, 300 people at a time. Yeah. My most common rule was when I'm pricing events, um, it's a pound and a half of food per person. That's like the most minimum I'll do. So whatever proteins yeah. it is, usually a fish, a chicken, or a beef, four ounce like portions in all of them, leading to a pound and a half total on whatever else, your size or whatever yeah. per person. That's how you're going to send that out. That's, um, good, that, that's a good one. You'll get a pretty close number on that and not so much waste, but obviously, yeah. um, again, different production, different different space on it, but about a pound and a half is, uh, I'm pretty okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent, man. And like, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, um, it, it comes with experience. I remember training a sous chef on, uh, I was at hotel Bel Air and I was training a sous chef on how to run banquets. And let me tell you something, man, he failed three or four times, but then he became the master. Right. Oh, oh and yeah. He failed hardcore, bro. He was used to like fine dining plating. And I'm like, nah, bro, this is opposite, dude. Put your fucking tweezers away. Put your goddamn, put your tweezers away, man. You're plating chicken fingers, dude. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. And like, yeah, park kicking is your friend, man. But like, here's the thing. I really, I highly, anytime I do catering, I highly against, I'm highly, I highly advised against steam tables. Um, just because I, I fucking hate them. It's just, once you put that food in the steam table, you got about, you got about a half an hour before the shit just goes sour. Not, like sour. 10 minutes. Yeah. Now it's, like it's now it's different, uh, for breakfast, pancakes, waffles, sausage, do those. Fine. Correct, it doesn't matter. And, and, and you know what dog, I will eat breakfast out of a chafing dish after two hours. Oh yeah. No problem. Easy. No, no problem. But like when you're talking about a steak, chicken protein, any type of protein like that, I like to do plated only because, um, you know, it's just a way more, you get a better result and it's worth the time and effort. Mm. I think. And I, and I tried to, I tried to explain this when I started, uh, you know, when we were doing banquet events, I tried to explain this to the guests straight away. Like I highly advise against it. Now, listen, don't get me wrong. It's you, you need people to plate up, but you just end up with a better quality product. So, but it really depends on what you're doing, you know, banquet or, I mean, I guess um, so. This two part question, right? So we got another one over here on Landon. I I don't want to tackle this yet, Brandon. This is like oh. a this is a really big one. Food cost thirty yeah. percent is a golden standard. However, we'll show you guys it's not really actually. Anymore. I don't know. I, I wouldn't say thirty yeah. percent is. I wouldn't say that. I, I would say it's more around the twenty seven, twenty eight mm. is the golden standard. But here's the thing: it depends on what type of operation you're in. So, like a good example is like if you're at a hotel that has multiple outlets you know, the average is going to be around 23 to 24%. Yeah. Um, if you are in a fine dining steakhouse, it could go up from 36 to 40%, yeah. right? If you're in a fine dining restaurant, usually the average is about 32%. So it really depends on the operation and the total revenue. But, you know, things have changed. And honestly, if it's super uh, casual, like breakfast and lunch, your food cost is going to be arguably around 20%, yeah. right? Because it's eggs and bacon. And this is the reason why, like, people use ready-to-go product. I mean, it's just not worth the labor, that's uh, entailed. So, mm -hmm. so I would, thanks for joining. Yeah, no, I was fine dining, and we were thirty three percent on a fish restaurant, and that's pretty, that's yeah, pretty low. Yeah. You know, you don't want to go any lower than that. And then two part question, real quick. Uh, this comes from Philip again. What are your thoughts on TikTok chefs? I bring this up because Brandon and I spoke about this uh, about a couple of weeks back. I feel like there are good personalities who can't cook for shit, and then you got amazing chefs who can't give clear directions or produce engaging comment. 
And then you got going yeah. over the top food that's not even relatable at all. Like nobody ever going to make that shit or even got money for yeah. that. What are your thoughts on food yeah. contents? Yeah. You know what? You know what, Philip? That is a great point. And you know what? I was one of those chefs. If you go back, if you go back to my first videos, dude, it's very difficult to understand because I'm talking like I'm talking to other chefs and it just took time and energy to realize this. Like, okay, I need a hook. I need to create a better video. I need to explain the process. I need to give an easier recipe. I need to go easier. I need to like, I totally get it. And you know what? You're so right. And here's the thing, man. Like I really am kind of sad about like the things that really pop off on TikTok because they, they're just like, it's kind of like not real. Yeah. Like, no, no, I know like, some people um, just, somebody, some people just do things for the views and like, I totally get it. And like, but it's something I would never do in real life, but it just looks cool. And I totally get it. So I, in myself, I categorize that in the entertainment uh, aspect of TikTok, not food TikTok. But here's the thing. Um, what was the other part of that question? Um, uh, as far as TikTok chefs, there there are some people that have, um, there are some people, oh, I want to show this one. So as far as TikTok chefs, I think the biggest issue that I run into, and I see this common mistake, and and Philip, I'm, I'm glad you're mentioning this because it's just mm -hmm. like for me, I do not feel comfortable giving people advice on shooting and filming content. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I've said that before. People are like, "Hey, what camera do you use? What filming? What what do you what editing software do you use? What do you use? What's your lens? What's this?" And I tell people straight out, "Hey, this is what I use." But listen. Don't take my advice. I am not a cinematographer. I am not a videographer. Okay. Just because I know how to shoot a couple videos does not make me qualified mm -hmm. to be able to give advice like that. And I will shoot out the food theater, Philip Woodfire Whiskey, because these are people that I look up to as far as filming content. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and I think that's important. Th same thing goes with food content. I see uh, people that do not have the right credentials and they're teaching wrong techniques. Yeah. And it's, it's like, okay, see, this is, this is where I have a problem. Now that's not to get confused with somebody showing their take on a recipe. Like who cares about that? That's fine. If you want to show me how to make your own grilled cheese with Cheeto dust and all that, who cares? <laughs> don't tell somebody, don't tell somebody how to butcher a fish or make uh you know, make a dish that, and here's the reason why Philip, this happened recently. I was um, having a chef try out for a position, a young chef who saw my TikTok. And I hope he doesn't out me. So I'm sorry if you see if you're on this live or you see my TikTok. <clears throat> he came in, right? And he's like, Oh man, chef, I love your TikToks. I'd love to work with you. This is wonderful. And I'm like, great, listen, you're gonna make a risotto, right? And this is just a common test that we have chefs do. Make me a risotto. Mm -hmm. And here's the thing: he rinsed the rice. He rinsed the rice for the risotto. And you know what he said to me? TikTok, you know, I learned this on TikTok to rinse the rice always. And it's true. You go to any rice video, they're like, rinse the rice, always rinse the rice. But that's not the same for risotto. Risotto rice is the opposite. You do not want to rinse that rice. You need that starch to create the creamy mouthfeel. And so I felt bad because guess what? Right there, he just lost that job. Mm. He just lost it. And so this is why I highly advise to just be careful if you are in the field of being a chef or a young cook or you're on YouTube or you're, uh, you know, and you're getting your information, just be careful. Just make sure that the person that is giving you that information has the credentials to back it up. There is a 
there's a channel on here and I'm going to out them because I totally don't agree. Test kitchen, test kitchen, America. Oh, kitchen. Whatever. Yeah. 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 Bro. Yeah. yeah. Dude, I have dude. Issue too. Bro, all of us do, man. And people get their information from them. They're like, oh, top 10 kitchen hacks, top 10 this, top 10 this is my recipe. Bro, get the fuck out of here. That channel is garbage, man. That channel is not right. And I don't agree with it, but I'm not hating on them. You know what I'm saying? I'm not hating on them. I just, it just is what it is. So that salty doesn't rinse his rice, but any person, yeah. I know. So, yeah, the rice, so, I don't, I don't, I don't rinse because I know. It depends. Listen, it's it's all about user preference. I don't, I look, I'm not gonna, it's all about the finished product, right? Yeah, so, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Here's the, here's the thing. So like for sushi rice, I definitely rinse. There have been times I make uh, Spanish rice or mm -hmm. rice pilaf where I don't rinse the jasmine rice either. Mm -hmm. um, here's the thing. And then there's times I do when I'm making steamed rice, I rinse the rice, mm -hmm. but I don't give a fuck what you do in your exactly. own house. Right. It's like, you can do whatever you want in your own house. When you are in your own house, there's no rules for cooking. Yeah, dude. When you are getting a job in a professional kitchen, there's a set of standards that we follow. That's the problem. Yeah. So me as a professionally trained chef, I'm not coming after you as a home cook. I don't care what you do in your house, mm -hmm. but don't hop on. Don't like, don't believe what you see in the comment section. So that's why the reason why I made that omelet video, because I wanted to clarify, here's the standard. Here's the technique. Yes, this is what I learned. This is what I do now. Okay. I'm not making a Jacques Pepin omelet in any restaurant nowadays. Matter of fact, you tell me a restaurant that's serving an omelet like that. Nobody. I'm, tell I'm, me a restaurant. Nobody, man. That that technique is so ancient. That that technique is so ancient. I respect it. I respect it, but it's so ancient. Mm -hmm. Like it's it's irrelevant in how people want their eggs in America. It's just the way it is. It's just well done. So pretty much like that's how you're gonna have to kind of go about it. Again, uh, I'm mentioning this for everybody. If you haven't already, Brandon's channel on YouTube, Brandon Dearden, hop on the comment yeah. section. We see all your comments right here. Just in case Brandon doesn't get to you on the phone, we are uh, specifically um, replying to everybody on the YouTube space. However, um, Brandon, I got one more thing for you before we do kind of end, sort of, in a yeah. little bit. Yep. Um, overrated or underrated? So this is our new, not series, but it's a little segment of our show. Brandon, how do you feel about this? I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you a photo. Overrated okay. or underrated? Okay. Everybody okay. else on our YouTube, you get to see it also, but check this out. Underrated. Oh, oh, underrated. Underrated. The Victoria Knox? 100%. 100%. Underrated. Bro, I got this on my YouTube channel. Listen, for everybody on this live, everybody that's on TikTok, head over to YouTube. Listen, you see this knife right here? This Victoria Knox Fiberox Pro Chef's Knife 8-inch. This is a great knife to get started, bro. Don't sleep on this knife. Now, Here's the thing. Am I going to use this knife as a professionally trained chef? No. But if I was in a restaurant environment that is a cafe or a breakfast, lunch, dinner, I am going to provide these knives and I'm going to have them sharpened once a month. This knife is a great beginner knife and it's underrated. It's cost you 40 bucks. I think you can get it for cheaper, actually. You can just and uh, yeah, underrated. Very underrated. But that is it. So like, what, yeah. I just want to, I just want to get that picture out because a lot of even in my comment section, what knife should I get? Uh, how do you yeah. think about this, bro? It's not even yep. it's not even that you need to learn the basics on this well trained horse. I keep saying horse, but like, bro, this I have I have this knife for like 12 years. I, I have it in my kitchen right now and sure. it lasted me all that time. It, I used to beat the shit out of this and I wouldn't feel bad. And it, it's such a good workhorse of a knife. This one and a Mercer one. So there's two of them. This one uh, and the Mercer brand. 
uh, you can get it cheaper if you are uh, a restaurant. Like if you're an entity, you give your yeah. Again, that's a that's a level two conversation. Yeah. Point, but so and we can we can talk about knives, but um, so so, so good you bought it twice. Yeah. On this account, Philip, I bought thirteen yeah. of these in my other account. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, listen. I I, I got to admit, like I think, and I would argue that I think it's more important to learn how to sharpen a knife properly, yeah. opposed to the knife that you have, and um, that's why I'm going to have a knife. I'm going to have a free, oh, what's up, Salty Chef in the house? I'm going to have a free knife course coming up where I'm going to create a video where it's a chef. So like, I think this is a this is definitely something you need to learn. Whether you decide to choose an electric knife sharpener, a whetstone, an oil stone, dude, I don't care. As a chef, it doesn't matter. As a home cook, it's up to you. It's up to you. Whatever works for you, as long as your knife is sharp, I don't care. I've had people... You know, uh, in my in the restaurant, I've had I have I have an oil stone, whetstone, and also um, you know uh, an electric knife sharpener. I just recently got because I wanted to test it out, and it doesn't work for me, but it works for my other chefs. So, oh, absolutely. But anyway, yeah, we can we can we're gonna get into that next week yeah. after I drop this. We're gonna get so hey every everybody on this live. Um, I'm gonna post. Uh, I got some good news coming up, but I'm gonna post it a little bit later today. Uh, it's going to be dope. I can't wait. This is going to, I'm so excited about this next project I'm working on. It's going to be so cool, man. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. Now for everybody, if you're not, if, if you're not following us on all socials, I'm telling you right now, we have them everywhere. YouTube. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm not really on Facebook, but I'll, I'll, I'll hop on that. IG, TikTok, make sure handles hit it. If you, if you go to, if you go to my recent YouTube video, you see all my handles. You'll see my handles uh, in my description. Absolutely. Now, the Breaking Bread podcast is the name of the podcast. Uh, you can't find it just yet on streaming. Like if you're just an uh, MP3, I just signed up for it yesterday. It's going to take about another couple of days. But in about a few days, you can expect this exact episode live everywhere streaming Breaking Bread podcast. Again, we're going to go live on Brandon's channel every week, maybe Monday or Tuesday. Yep. It just depends on when um, both of yeah. get off because we are working chefs. We're not just for for show here <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know i got work nice. tomorrow you know how it is but other than that yeah bro. again i'll make sure all brandon's links are down below and also mine you can follow us there uh any questions at all make sure you send it all to our socials we would love to to get any feedback but other than that though brandon i think that's uh that's a pretty good damn first podcast huh yeah yeah man everybody else thank you so much and uh to it again we'll see you guys later yeah Hey, thanks everybody for joining. Listen, this is going to be fun. We're going to have a great time. Tell your friends, share, copy, guest link, features. paste, whatever you yes. have to do. Guest features coming up soon. Yes, we're, we're going to talk to yes. some peeps very soon. But again, thank you for tuning in to the Breaking Bread podcast with Casey and Brandon. You can find us every week at Brandon's channel at Brandon Dearden on YouTube. Thank you.